Never underestimate your fellows. I can drop a wildebeest at a hundred yards with a pistol. But Mayhem thinks all I can do is push a stupid button. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Illegal the Podcast. I'm your host, Abdullah, and um, I'm joined today by... You want to introduce yourself? Hello, Governor. I'm Larissa Gallagher. That was super dorky. I'm a voice actor. Very excited to be on this show. You want to know why the show is called uh, what it is, why it's called what it is? Yes, I do. I do. For, for anyone who who cares and and who's been listening to the show for God knows how many episodes, but thank you first. First of all, thank you for putting this on in the background or whatever you're doing, but. Um, it's called that because we, I originally, back when I originally started the show back in 20, uh, uh, fall or winter of 2012, I was going through a, a bunch of various titles and it was just one of those random titles that I just went through with someone and he's like, I like that one because once you call that, that then they don't know what's go- what the show is going to be about or what it, what it is. Mm. So it can be about anything. And it's, a phrase that's that, true. and it's a phrase that doesn't mean anything the more you say it over and over again. Right. Meaning. I, do, I do personally love it uh, because um, my, my husband and I have, uh, I don't even know where it started, but we came up with these two characters mucking around one day and uh, my character's name was Chippy and his character's name was Govna and so Chippy would always run around going, hello Govna, hello Govna, Govna, got something to tell you Govna and speaking in that accent and recently I got to do a character that was very much that, that, that stupid thing that I used to do at home with my husband got transcended onto uh, being being uh, distributed and aired. But it's something that I can't talk about yet, which is a little bit frustrating. But when it comes out, you will know the origins of Allo Governor. And so when you contacted me, I was like, oh, this is perfect. How could this not come together any better? <laughs> because I, I don't think anybody, you know, like, because most of the people I get on here, like, you know, it's it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, I've gotten big names on here, but I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, very much. Yeah, no, no, but but I think like I, I originally didn't even start out as 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 an as a voiceover interview show. It started out as ah. like, yeah, it, it started out as me and Tom, my friend, you know, doing you know, shooting the shit about whatever. But right. Uh, but that got boring, and and I just thought, you know, you 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 are a guy who's into voiceover care about this weird thing for whatever reason why don't you reach out to these people and see if any of them will come on and like one of the first big i mean uh, we used to do like you know one-off interviews back in like 2012 and 2013 but after that it's like yeah you know after like dave finoy came on like back in january of 2013 i'm like yeah that's going to be the biggest one the biggest guest we're ever going to get on this show so it's like yeah you know why why bother you know Right, right. But and then, now, but but then you know, cut to July of 2018, and who do I get on the show? But you know, Christina Pacelli, who does the voice of Luann on The Loud House, and you know, after amazing. that, amazing. Like, after that, it's like sky's the limit. 
That's, and I love that, like, because of the, you know, just that thing. And I think in life we set out sometimes with, you know, whatever it is, whether it be career or, you know, the podcast that you want to set out or whatever. And you, you do this thing because you're like, oh, I really want to do this thing. And it really, you know, I'm drawn to it. It feels like it's something that, you know, I want to do. And then it in itself evolves into what it should be over time. And I say that because like my background way, way back, like from six years old, I started as a ballet dancer and for a long time, all I wanted to be was a ballet dancer. And then, you know, and then I went into musical theater and all I wanted to do was musical theater and then, you know, move transition from musical theater to uh, straight, well, acting, you know, without, singing as well and that was all I wanted to do and now and then voiceover opened up and it just suddenly everything sat like it was like a Tetris box that were all these pieces of kept coming down and kind of scattering on top of you and then suddenly the right kind of like everything led to oh this was the thing that you were meant to be doing all along like all the other stuff Kind of, was, kind of was leading you to, oh, we'll do this, in, you know, a couple of interviews here and there. We'll do this interview with Dave Fenoy. And then just everything came together and people were like, oh, that's what we want to hear you guys do. Yeah. And then fast forward six, is that the math? Six years later and, you know, you're still doing the thing and it, it was the right thing for you to do. And that's kind of a bit how I feel like my voiceover stuff was that if only... I discovered it so many years ago. I could have been enjoying this wonderful world for for much longer, but uh, but lucky and and glad I found it when I did. And that's and that you know to to me as well. It's like you you don't know what you're gonna do in life you know, mm. because you know this year alone, I think we went from like I looked at you know the list of people I've had on, and and it's so surreal going from three people to almost like twenty. 21, 22, and great people and great interesting yeah yeah exactly like you know there's a lot of people who have these grand ideas and start strong and then it just kind of dissipates and then you know sometimes when you know like we were saying when the thing's right you know everything culminates to you know quantity quality just like the whole scope of a whole scope of the gamut Am I mixing metaphors here? But you know what I mean. Like, you know, <laughs> everything comes together at once, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's great because, I mean, like I said many times before, and I'm pretty sure if you've listened, you you know this, but, you know, voiceover people are like some of the most nicest, sweetest, most down-to-earth people <laughs> you will ever talk to. Right. I think that's because I feel that's because we don't have to show our faces. And so and not – and like – some people have really pretty faces and some, you know, it, it's not, it's not about that, but there's, there's, there's a safety and a, and a comfort in an, in anonymity that makes you really feel like you can open and reveal your true selves. And I feel like in the majority of all, you know, careers of whatever you pursue is like, it, it may, it may take a while, but the good people really do raised to the top and in an industry here where you're not, you know, people aren't pointing the finger at you and putting you down because, you know, you've got black hair or you've got, you know, you're too short, too tall, too fat, too thin, too white, too brown, whatever, 
you know, I, I feel like it, it, it's a place where people really can be themselves and then, you know, the good people who are talented and kind and nice really do get to make their mark, which is, which is kind of great, really. And, you know, pointing that out, I actually didn't even know you were Australian to, until I emailed you because you, uh, you know, the character I was most... For real? Yeah, yeah, because the character, <sighs> mo- uh, the character I was most familiar with was Friday from, you know, Agents of Mayhem, and she's, like, stereotypically British, and I had, <sighs> ass- and I had assumed you were British. <laughs> I so love that on so many levels. <laughs> you have no idea. One... That, uh, yeah, I mean, as an Australian living in LA, you know, I thought for a really long time, oh, I have to, you know, I have to have like a kick-ass American accent because I've got to be like, you know, I've got to be able to compete with everyone else. And then you go through a phase of like, oh, well, I should embrace what's, you know, what's kind of who is me, which is Australian. And then, you know, but I can also do this really great British accent. And so why am I holding myself back from anything? And then, yeah, so to have someone not even know I'm Australian, even though I don't in any way feel I hide it in my person, you know, in my kind of interactions, um, one, Yay, I'm so glad all that hard work paid off. And two, I so loved that game and working on that game and everyone involved in it. And I just, I just felt like, you know, just through a series of, you know, many unfortunate situations that all came to a head that it just never really got the, got the platform it deserves. So the fact that you know it and loved it, oh, so happy. I can't tell you. I mean, most most of the people I've had, I mean, I've had most of the cast on the show. I mean, I've right. Had like, you know, Trevor Duvall, uh, Matt Yang King. Yes. Uh, oh, I didn't even think that there may be a link between why that, why all those, you know, those people may have been there as well. I mean, no, it was I, I really. Didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even mention the game until now. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. It didn't, even, it didn't even, like, occur to me. Like, oh, I, had, I actually had most of the people on on that who worked on that game on the show and it's like oh, that's part of it. yeah I mean it was it really I mean I think that quite I feel like I can say quite honestly like so far in my voiceover career there's only been like well not there's only but there have been like I've been lucky enough to have two or three really seminal experiences that were life-changing whether it be you know getting me out getting people to know my name or just a project where the people involved were just so, so talented and so incredible. And, you know, I mean, that game, we worked on that game, or I I should say I worked on people doing, uh, you know, the, the production work and everything were on it for years and years. But, you know, I was fortunate enough to work on it from right from the beginning, from the beginning of the voice acting part. So, I mean, I want to say it was more than two years of, you know, being in session, being in session with, with incredible writers and sound designers and voice directors and, and, you know, and the people at Warner Brothers who were freaking fantastic and everything about it was just so fun and such a joy to go into those sessions and get to play and, but, you know, if, if, you know, you or for people out listening to this who have played the game, you know, it is intense. There is such a glut of dialogue and the fact that anything you do, depending on who you choose, 
you know, the dialogue completely changes in your experience of the game depending on who your trio team that you pick is and who's talking to someone else at whatever time. The dialogue is is completely different and based on those interactions was just, to me, I'd never worked on a game like that. I don't know and, you know, I'm, I feel a bit embarrassed to admit I don't know how many games have that much detail in their dialogue interactions with other characters, but it felt brand new to me. And it was so incredible to, as an actor, to kind of go through the same scenario, but with all these different characters and based off who was speaking to me, how I would react back to them. And based on what they knew about my character also, kind of going through that was so... It was such a wonderful experience as an actor that it was just, yeah, so when the game, you know, didn't quite do as well as, as uh, everyone had hoped slash assumed, it was, it was, I mean, it was pretty, it was really disappointing in that sense because it was like this, all this incredible work that people have done that will never get heard because the game just didn't take off and the, you know, probably millions of hours of work that went into it from everyone involved, you know, be it, you know, character creators or background artists or, you know, all the IT and all of that, let alone, you know, the kind of the what what you what is immediately visible from actor, director side of things is uh yeah, it's kinda of sad, but yeah, far out that was that was such a fantastic game. So no, I mean I mention it because you know the game, you know the game itself might have been like you know not not as you know it, you know the gameplay itself wasn't anything you know to write home about, but you know to me what stuck was the voice acting to be quite honest because it was like such a great cast, such right? A great cast. Yeah, and even though we didn't do any sessions together, like it was all individual, the um the team actually had like a. a I don't know, we call it like a, a, a rap party. I was thinking closing night party, but it was, it was like a rap party. And so then it was you all, we all got to meet each other. And cause sometimes I didn't even know who the actors were playing the different characters. So a couple of people I did know and a couple of people are very close friends of mine. So that was really fun. But then turning up at the rap party and going, Oh, you're that, you know, person or you're blah, blah, blah was, that was super fun as well. And then kind of trying to, and like the, the actress um, who played my girlfriend or, you know, my character's girlfriend to, you know, to kind of meet her and go, oh yeah, you're exactly oddly enough what who I thought you would be. And yet in person, like to look at her, I was kind of like, yeah, I can see that. And then in person, she was like, the sweetest, quietest, really, you know, and if you've played the game, you know that, you know, Friday's girlfriend was real badass, like, you know, military, doesn't, oh, can I swear, like doesn't take crap from anyone, you know, just really hardcore, you know, and the the actress is just like total sweetheart, which is, you know, and I love that kind of thing in the acting world as well, which I think is a joy of voice acting is that because no one does have to see your face because no one does get to see your face. That was really bad grammar. Um, that, uh, you know, you can do things that perhaps on screen you wouldn't get the chance to because 
you may not come across visually in the way that people expect. So, yeah, that was really cool. Oh, I, and that's funny because some of the a couple of the writers, uh, one of the writers and one of the sound designers is actually, I think, coming into town next weekend. So that was that was a lovely, uh, fortuitous bringing up the game and knowing that they're going to be in town. So I'm going to have to have the ch- going to get the chance to reminisce again very soon. So that's fun. I mean, yeah, because you know, I mean. You know, as a voice actor, you don't even know like if if you're if people are hearing the work you're doing. But I mean, I you know I you know I played that game. I spent like hours playing that game. I pretty much heard like most of the dialogue, and it's it's uh, makes me sad talking about it because like it's really it's you know the voice acting is some of the best voice acting in in any video game to be quite honest. Well, and that's, yeah, that's great to hear, but it really felt like it because like the, yeah, cause it was like, I think they had incredible actors and the writing was like, it was exquisite. Like it was, it was sassy. It was bold. It was touching. It was, you know, like music and pop songs. Like it, it really had so, so many facets to it that, yeah, it was so great. And it is like, it is true. Like I've done, I was thinking that, you know, it's, I've done a ton of, um, mobile video games for, uh, you know, for China or Korea or, or wherever that, you know, IMDB don't list because I think mobile games aren't at, at this point considered, uh, broadcast, et cetera. Or maybe they do list some of them, but if the producers don't, you know, put forward the cast or whatever, they don't do it. But, you know, I've, I've worked on, uh, been working on mobile games for a really long time that so much so, like, I, I know that I've worked on no less than 30 mobile games that I don't even know what they were. Like, I never got to hear them. I don't know what they were because they were only released in, uh, in, in, you know, Asian countries or, uh, like I think a couple of them may have, may have gone to Europe, but it never made it to America. So I never got to play it, never got to hear it. And, you know, because as, as we were talking about before, there are so many things that have code names, even when the production company and the recording studio went to look it up, like they couldn't even find out what the game was. And so sometimes we never even get to hear the work that we do or, um, Another story I have is that I worked on a game um, called, I don't know if you know of this, but it was it's um, called Arena of Valor. Um, and then in, I think in, like it had, it had different names. In America, it eventually got released as Arena of Valor on mobile and I think on Switch somewhat recently. And I was the, no, I was the original narr- narrator for that. Um but I think originally I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the name that it was released. Like I think it was like Knights of, oh, wasn't that terrible? I can't even remember the names of what it was, but, um, like it had two, two different, one name in China and one name in Korea. And the Chinese game like was massive. It had like half a billion downloads. The Chinese government at one point like was putting timing bans on the game because there were so many children playing it and like skipping school or, you know, just general, like there was this, this huge kind of uproar about it. Um, people were going to doctors because of, 
incident. Anyway, long story short, it was in, in the Southern Hemisphere and in, in kind of the, the greater Asian kind of, uh, countries. It was massive and no one knew a thing about it in America for years. And I didn't even know until I did an interview for the game and the interviewer said, how does it feel to know that half a billion people have, you know, downloaded this game and have heard your voice? And I was like, excuse me, what, what, excuse me, what's that? <laughs> so, yeah. And so, you know, I feel like if I walked into like Shenzhen airport or something and kind of suddenly just went double kill, like the whole, you know, the whole airport would just stop and turn. Whereas I could do that in America and everyone would just be like, Oh, crazy lady. Thank you very much. See you later. So yeah, I know it's just, it's just a bizarre industry where, you know, and then sometimes the game or the animated show that you think is not going to be anything takes off. Like you do one episode and it takes off and it's everyone knows your name overnight. And I, like, I haven't had that happen, but I know it happens all the time. And so, yeah, it's just a, it's just a strange, a strange, strange kind of, uh, world to be in. But that's kind of part of the appeal as well is that you just, you just never know and that you could spend, you know, years working on a game and it opens and it never gets the recognition that potentially it either deserved or, or, or it warranted at the very least. And so no one knows who you are and then something else opens and overnight, you know, people get 10,000 Twitter followers. It's just, it's just a bizarre industry, the entertainment industry. I mean, yeah, I mean, I talked about this before where we don't like most of the people I've talked to don't know, like most of the projects that they're going to work, they're working on are going to be successes or if anyone's going to care. Right. Yeah, because, for sure. Because, you know, you're just going in there, you know, to, to – it's basically just another role. I mean, I, I know yeah. it, sound, it sounds, you know, really wrong to say that, but it basically is. And you are you don't even know, you know, if people are going to care about this character or if, or if you know, this property is going to take off or, or, or whatever. That's and, right. And, and and sometimes you don't know. I mean, uh, some people sometimes it's it's shocking to 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 look back at some at, at something that um that no one thought was going to be a hit it turned out to be a hit. Like yeah. And, and I mean, like the first the first guest I got uh, on on the show back in 2012, which is a horrible interview, and I don't and I don't recommend anyone go go uh, go listen to it. Fill the beans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, no, uh, it was, uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul Lighting. And, oh, okay. Uh, and, you know, he was on the original, you know, uh, 1980s Transformers cartoon. And he right, right, out, yeah. And, and he flat out said, like, nobody on that show expected it to be a global phenomenon. Right. Nobody. Nobody. Because cause they went in being told, you're just doing a toy commercial for children. <sighs> That's crazy. Yeah. And then, and now look at it. Not only, you know, uh, it, not just the toy commercial for children, but like, a, a, you know, a freaking worldwide phenomenon, movies and cartoon series and get like the whole gamut. That's incredible. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and, and I think it does, it is a little bit like that. I've got like the, when I did, so I, I play one of the, um, one of the, like, what do they call it? General population in Red Dead Redemption 2. 
And I distinctly remember that session because I got, you know, I, I had to audition for it and then I think I might have even got a call back for it. I think I might have got a call. Yeah, because I think I auditioned for it and it was an Irish accent because it was an Irish character. And then I think they they gave me, I, I want to say they gave me an additional script. I could be making this up or it could be confusing games. But they gave me additional script because it's like we want to see that you can sustain said Irish accent over, you know, because, I mean, I think that happens a lot if people, if producers don't know you and you can do a really amazing audition, but because you've worked for four hours on it and then people turn up to the voice session and they can't, they can't do it because they can't, um, they can't replicate it. And that's kind of one of the first lessons you get taught in voiceover is never do something in an audition that you're not going to be able to sustain for at least four hours with no notice at all that you're going into the session um, because you can, you know, be forced to do that with something that you think, oh, I should be fine because I'll find out about it and then I'll do research and whatever. But, um, yeah, so I'd done the audition and then I got called by Heather at my agency at Atlas to say, oh, you know, you, you, you've booked it. Um, this is the... Did, they, did she say the production company? I think she might have said the product. I think she might have said that it's Rockstar Games and this is the code name. And I can't remember what the code name is. Um, and so, or maybe she didn't say Rockstar, but when I signed the NDA at the session, I think it was just the code name. And then I got to the session and did, and even doing the session, uh, nothing in that session indicated to me what I was working on. No clue at all. And then when I signed the NDA, I think it was in the NDA and the, and the contract that I read Rockstar Games. And I was like, huh, Rockstar Games. And then I said to the director, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I don't think it's, a, I don't think this is a problem, but, um, I, I said to the director, look, you know, I've signed the NDA. We've done the session now. What's the game? You know, cause I'm thinking, I know what you guys do. There's very, you know, you've only released certain things. And even though nothing in my dialogue gave away what I was doing, I was like, I don't think, you know, I don't think this is going to be, is it like Grand Theft Auto or whatever, you know, one of the, all of the other games that they did, I was like, ah, it just doesn't sound like it feels like it's going to be Red Dead Redemption 2, obviously, because one had already come out. And, um, yeah, and the and the the director was like adamant. He was like, "Nope, it's this is the game, whatever the code name was." And I can't even remember what that was now. But um, yeah, this is the game. It's this game. And I was like, "Okay, all right, fine." You know, I'm not gonna think. And not that he was lying to me, but it was super secret because I didn't want anyone getting out. And even to the point that I went home and I looked up whatever that code name was, and there was a game that was coming out from a from a different company that had that title. So I was like, okay, well, that must be it. I didn't know, even when it released, when Red Dead Redemption 2 released, on the first day IMDb went up and all the cast names came out and my name wasn't on the list. So I was like, oh, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it's some game that I'll never see again. And then like two days later, they updated with all the, you know, with all the, um, the general population and the townspeople and stuff like that. And then it came and then my name appeared and I was like, Oh yes, I knew it. I knew it. But like to be kind of the actor 
sitting in front of the computer, refreshing IMDb, going, was it that game? I think it was that game. Like, you know, it just it was just such a bizarre experience. And I still have it. Like, I've got friends of mine and, you know, my brother who have been playing it religiously. We still haven't found me, but, I, you know, I'm, I know I did the session. I know I'm an Irish prostitute somewhere in that game. So if, if anyone's found me, I'd love, I'd love to know it. But again, those games that are just so incredibly made, that are so dense, that have just such a amazing world full of different characters that you can come across. I'm just, just in awe of, you know, having the opportunity to work, you know, with these developers who just make such incredible pieces, works of art. It's, uh, yeah, it's really special. So, I mean, I, I love what they do where, you know, Rockstar is, you know, they've gone on record saying, like, they don't hire, like, big-name celebrities to do the, to, do the, to do the main cast or any, like, well-known voiceover mm-hmm. people to do, to do the main cast because they want to create new talent. They want to put – they want to um, bring in these actors that no one has ever heard of and, and give – and, you know, put the spotlight on them. So yeah. It so it doesn't become, you know, Troy Baker is, you know, blah, 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 you know. Yeah, and it's awesome because again, yeah, obviously, you know, these, you know, these phenomenal talent like, you know, Troy and Laura and all the rest of them. I mean, you know, in awe of, of, of talent and ability and craftsmanship and, and all the rest of it, you know, and sometimes it's like as, as the, you know, shall we say up and coming actor, it's like, oh, I can't wait to get my chance to like, you know, walk the path that they did. And so when, you know, when they, when there are these games that, you know, open up and, and, and obviously have the, have the character base that they can open up to others is just, you know, you, you, you feel very lucky that, you know, when all the hard work pays off, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really, it's really great. So. Yeah. And, and it's, and, and, and they don't like outright not hire, you know, well-known voiceover people. No. I mean, they're, they're there, but they're all the, the local population. <laughs> well, no, but that's right. Yeah. They find room. I think that's, that's what is, is, you know, create such beauty is that it's like, well, we're obviously not going to hire these people because they're the best in the business and they know, you know, <laughs> we know we get them and they're going to, you know, they're going to do a phenomenal job. So they find places to open up for others to bring other people in. So yeah, which is, which is so great. So I mean, it's, it's really, and it really is a, like you, like you were saying earlier that, you know, voiceover people are super nice and all the rest of it. And like it, it seems like such a cliche, but it does feel like a really special community to be a part of. And I remember like listening to, you know, podcasts when I was, you know, coming up with, you know, Rob Paulson and Maurice LaMarche and all of these kind of icons of the industry who are still working and auditioning and like Animaniacs is coming out. Like these guys, it's not even like, oh yeah, they're, you know, they've had their time, they're moving on. It's like, no, these guys are still part of it and still, you know, and they come out to events and, and talk to you like, you know, I mean, some of them are talking to, I've, I've had conversations with them where they're like, oh, you're killing it and you're great. And it's like, how do you even know who I am? And that, but you know, they, they're just as loving and giving. The people at the top are just as loving and giving as the people at the bottom. So you know, there's no kind of BS going on in the mix. But 
it really truly feels that way. And you, you, I would listen to podcasts with them saying things like, oh, you know, I go into a session, I get booked on a session or someone would, you know, offer me a role for something. And I'd say, you know what, this just isn't me. This is, I really feel like, you know, a friend of mine could do a really great job on this. And, and, and that happens. And I, that, that happened to me with, um, Firewatch where, and again, this is one of those, I actually haven't asked her if I could say this, but I don't think I'm speaking out of turn, but like, you know, a very close friend of mine, Sissy Jones was, was working as Delilah on the, on the, um, on the game. And, uh, Sean, the director was looking for someone to play Julia and he'd auditioned and he'd run through a ton of people and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and Sissy said one day, oh, have you ever thought of maybe Julia isn't American? And he was like, huh, no, but talk to me. What's, uh, what's going on? And she was like, oh, you know, I've got a friend of mine who's really awesome. And, you know, I mean, she can do an American accent if you wanted to, but she's native Australian and maybe that could be like an interesting little twist thing, whatever. And he said, oh, well, yeah, well, give me your details, whatever. And he, sent me a script and I auditioned for it and, you know, I rang Sissy and was like, tell me, tell me how to get this job. <laughs> Give me everything that Sean loves. I need to know how to do this properly. Anyway, and just did it as me, really. And he loved it and ended up changing the character and changing some of the backstory, you know, so that Julia was Australian and 100%. I wouldn't have got that job if it wasn't for Sissy. And A, freaking amazing game. And, you know, and two, all it took was someone to say, hey, have you thought about this? And I have this person who can do it. And the director had this moment of going, oh, why did I, why did I kind of box, box my creativity into this one accent? There's no reason why this character couldn't be from a different country and so you know I will now change the script to accommodate that and whilst Julia herself doesn't talk much in the game or voice much in the game she's definitely you know uh, the most important part of of you know, how, you know, the, how the game continues and, and, uh, how it unfolds and choices that you make along the way based on, you know, how much do you love your wife? Or <laughs> I only say that to people who chose Delilah over Julia, um, who will know what I'm talking about when I say that. Um, yeah, you know, but, th- but that was, that was incredible. And, and had it not been for, Sissy doing that, I don't think that game would have ever even come across, you know, come across my audition slate or whatever. So it really, it really is. People are giving and kind and generous. And then I think, of course, like anything is that when you have those experiences happen to you, you know, who am I not to pay that forward continuously, constantly and every moment I can. So you know, so I try and do that. And I think that just, you know, continues this, this, uh, ethos, if that's the right word to use of, of love and support and kindness within, you know, the, the voice industry as a whole.
Yeah, I mean, because if if it was like any other industry, you know, pe- people would have not 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 given it a second thought. And it's just like, yeah, it's a throwaway role. Who cares? You know, cast. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, me first, me first, me first, me first. If I t- if I tell them about this other person, and that's you know, I mean, I I'm sure there is a lot of incredibly giving, generous, wonderful people in the on camera world, but in in my past experience having never done anything on camera because you know I just came a lot across a lot of people who would never you know offer a friend up for a role in case for whatever reason the director went oh actually this person's better than you or whatever or I I mean I do remember in Australia a hundred percent having an experience where uh, a guy that I knew after the the effect said oh yeah I just auditioned for something that you would have been perfect for one of the roles in and I was like well why didn't you tell me or tell my agent or 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 tell the director or something and he was like oh oh, I don't know I didn't think about it and it was like that was even a situation where he wasn't even competing with me and in retrospect he was like oh yeah that would have been the smart thing to do but you know I think sometimes people are so protective of of their world that they don't understand that sometimes if you open up to other people you know work begets work and and helping others and showing kindness you know begets helping others and showing kindness so it only just generates this cycle of of goodwill and and good fortune if we want to get a little bit karmic but but I really do believe that I I feel like you get back what you give out in the world and so if you're constantly fearful of the next talent around the corner I mean you're never going to learn and grow and you're never going to you know or or if you do you know it's it's not it's not through any it's just you know luck or, or that's just how how it ends up but you know I'd rather I'd rather not get a role and help a friend of mine get it than not get a role and find out that, you know, a really crappy person got it. You know what I mean? Like it's that, that kind of weird, weird entity, but, but uh, yeah, but it is true. And, and, and I do think had it not been for the support and love and generosity of a lot of people in this industry from the minute I landed in LA, there's no way. There's no way I'd be where I am now. But, you know, I was I was very fortunate to kind of come into this city, you know, having a lot of acting training behind me, having a lot of, you know, ex- experience behind me in the, you know, in the onstage world, in the acting world, in the in the voice world, but just not necessarily in the um, video game animation world. And because of that, you know, it was one of those right place, right time, right, you know, kind of right background and, and catalog of, of, uh, training and everything I needed to get me where I got and super kind, lovely people going, Hey, go and meet this person. Hey, have you met my friend Larissa? Oh, I'm working on this project. Be a part of it. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty great place to be I will say and then people like you who you know 
my guess is you found out about me through games that you did or other people who said, oh, I know this person, she'd be good, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, doors doors open when you're kind to people, I think, and that's kind of what I, I strive to do. And anyone who thinks that I'm an asshole, I'm really sorry. <laughs> oh, please give me a chance to make it up. I don't think I am. You met me on a bad day, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, so, so <laughs> that's, that's I, 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 been my I, I experience. Don't... I mean, you know, it, it's so weird. I, I don't, I don't want to sound like you know, because because I, I only do a podcast. I'm not saying like, oh, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm great and whatnot. And I, I don't, I don't brag about any, any of the people I've had on here. But you know, I, I I'm someone who loves you know voiceover in, in general, and and I don't care if you've done like a main role or a supporting role. You've done something that I I enjoyed and I thought was really cool. I'll try to get you on here and tell you why I thought that was really cool. Yeah. See, and but I mean, I think that's also awesome, and that's that's kind of I I hope that's the kind of thing that that justifies the point that if you truly love something, it's it's like I really believe like if you're out there to be famous, there's so much potential like to be a dick you know <laughs> because because it's not really in you to be a part of it but if you truly love something and you and it's 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 part of you and and it's it's something that you really really want to give everything to it's like how in on earth does it benefit you to be arrogant and rude and and all the rest of it and 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 I bring this to you is there's no way you know, all these people would want to be on your show and would agree to be on your show if anyone along the way said, oh, you're doing that Hello Governor podcast? Oh, yeah, that guy's a real, you know. People wouldn't do it. So, you know, when you when you bring love and joy to what you do, I think it, it just really, it does emanate from you and then people, you know, are attracted to that and want to be a part of it. So it's when you kind of, when you're someone like me and you reach out to me and I go, ah, oh, what is this? Let me go. And it's like, oh, hang on. What is, oh, and who's this guy and what's he done? And oh, this is amazing. How did I not know about, you know, I'm the idiot for not knowing about this before. <laughs> and then you immerse yourself into this world of a podcast and find yourself, you know, driving every day up to Burbank listening to a podcast because you can, you know, you hear the love and joy behind the interviewer as well as, you know, the people that he's interviewing. So I think that's really cool as well. No, I, I, but I will still brag about being like the first ever podcast person who actually had uh, Christina Puccelli as a, as a, yeah. uh, as a guest. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And she, oh gosh, that, that show. And then I just saw that, uh, that uh, the Casa Grandes, which is the spin-off. I think that's just open as well. Did you oh, oh, um, yeah, heard about that? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. But it's just like that everything around that show, like everyone on the show, every, like it's just so great. Like that's, you know, when a cast of people comes together who are so amazing, um, you know, do just, yeah, good things happen. And then, then other shows come out with like incredible actors involved in it as well. And, and uh Yeah. It's so great. It's so great. And 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 again, I mean, I'll just I'll just point out, like you know, for anyone who who um who wonders how I how I managed to get most 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 of the people I've I've um I've gotten on the show, I just ask. 
Like I just yeah. find any way to reach out any like sort of way to communicate with them be via whatever and yeah. just ask. That's all I do. Like it's, there's no secret behind it. There is no, I, I'm, you know, I, I have, you know, these secret connections or whatever, but no, I mean, I just ask and, you know, they say yeah. yes and we agree and, and that's it. And there's a really, and I, I will say, because now we're going to, we're going to lift you up a little bit more is that, you know, when, when you did reach out as well, it was, it was very, it was very humble and respectful and you didn't, you know, you, you, you were honest with what you were asking. You gave enough background information and, and, uh, enough, enough information for me to, to get a sense of who you were and what you were doing. But, you know, you come across people who are like, oh, and I've been doing this for ages and this is how many listeners I have. And, and, uh, oh, you'd be, you'd be a fool not to do this because your, your followers will increase. You know, some people really, really go overboard in their need to reach out. Sometimes just the simple thing to do is just, you know, ask the question, give the information that's needed. If, if someone wants to find out more, they'll find out more. And it's, uh, I, I don't know, I come, because I obviously, as we've heard for the last however long we've been recording, I come from Australia. Um, and, you know, we come from a nation about, it's like no tall poppies. So the more you big note yourself and up talk yourself and talk about how amazing and talented and wonderful you are, the less likely people people don't want to be around you. It's a, it's a weird phenomenon and, you know, you come to America and everyone wants to talk about themselves. But, but that was one of the things that I kind of really loved when you did reach out to me. It was, it was simple. It was honest. The, the, you know, the request was made, you know, would love to do this. Um, and that's it. No, Oh, if you don't want to, then it's okay. Or look how fabulous I am. It was just, it was a really, yeah, it, it, the, the request in itself was, uh, was really great. So I, and like you were saying to your listeners, I say that to everyone anyway. Like the worst someone can do is say no or not reply. And that's not terrible. You know, no one can, no one can, no one's going to fault you from asking the question. People may fault you in the way you ask the question. But no one's going to fault you from asking, and and incredible things can happen from just, as you say, quite simply asking. And and, I, and by I mean, incredible things, I mean this amazing podcast that we're doing. No, no, I mean, and, and and I don't like go on Twitter and like tag someone and say, "Hey, would you be interested in in coming on the show?" Because that's unprofessional. That's that's gross and unprofessional, and ugh, I hate that. Right, but people do it. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think there's such a, there's such a, a beauty and simplicity. And I think in, in this era of social media and, uh, you know, let's show everyone every second of my day, eating, walking, reading, whatever, there's, there's a sense that, um, you know, there's a sense that if I don't advertise it, it's not real. And maybe I'm a little bit old fashioned in this way, but sometimes I think just a, just a very, you know, I, I want to say discreet, but that sounds kind of on the nose. Um, but you know, that there's just something really lovely about just getting an email going, you know, hello, my name's Abdullah and I'm the host of this. And, you know, and this is what the podcast is about. And, you know, wondering if you'd be interested, would love to have you on. Let me know. 
great. Thanks very much. It was like, oh, this guy sounds awesome. Thank you very much. I'd love to be a part of that. Thank you. And, and I mean, and I do get turned down. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, no one has ever turned me down. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll say it. Who has turned you down? How dare uh, they? Oh, I'll say, say it. it. Shame uh, them. No, 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 no don't. I mean, because, because I, I mean, I, I get turned down. I mean, and it's, and it's fine. You know, I get, I get, sure. you know, I mean, I get replies from people or the representatives saying, oh, they can't do it or they declined, and and it, and it, and it, and it, and it sucks. It really does. Yeah. I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh, well, oh, I, 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 it, it didn't bother me. No, it, it does because. You know, every time I reach out to someone, I, I reach out to someone because I, I want them to know that, that, that the work they've done has affected me in a positive way. And, and you know, even if, if it's a role that they never thought of affecting anybody, yeah. and, and, and that sucks. But, you know, I understand that's life, and you're going to end up with disappointments, and sometimes you can either give up or you can try, and, and, it, and it might happen. Who knows? Well, that's right. And, and I mean, I think that's, you know, that, that, that goes back to is you never, you, you never know why someone's saying no, for one. So, you know, oftentimes we, you know, look inwards and go, oh, it's because they hate me or, oh, they think my podcast is crap or, oh, I'm not famous enough or blah, blah, blah. And sometimes it could just simply be, you know, that person just did another podcast and they said, I'm not going to do another one for six months or they're busy with their kids or they're, you know, I mean, there can be a thousand reasons why, but we often, you know, kind of turn inside and beat ourselves up for it. But, you know, the more you put yourself out there and just, you know, ask politely and kindly and with, you know, with, with true intent is that the nose don't, you know, the nose can be very disappointing, but it's not, you know, you're not you're not gonna stop doing what you're doing because someone said no. And I mean, you know, again, that goes to some of the biggest no's in my life. Things that did quite literally at the time, you know, feel like they destroyed me, ended up being the the gateway to the most incredible things that happened in my life. And you can only say that in retrospect, of course, but. Um, you know, sometimes missing out on that one show was because this this other show or this other life or this thing that you didn't even expect. And, and kind of to go back, you know, to bookend the conversation is that, and I mean, I've told this story before, so I'm just going to be very quick with it, but it was that, like, I started out as a ballet dancer and I was going to be a ballet dancer. And then, you know, when I got older and I like to eat food, and so I was like, oh, I'm not going to be a ballet dancer I can't sustain 96 pounds for the rest of my life. So I'm going to go into musical theatre because I can sing and dance. And and then I didn't get into any of the big touring shows in Australia, and so I thought I was the crappiest actress ever. And then and then I got it, and then I started workshopping this incredible musical um, that I loved, and I thought this is now, this is the thing, this is it, this is the one. Um, and the writers loved me and the, you know, the creators, creator loved me. And then a big producer came in like with money and said, we're going to tour Australia and then we're going to tour the West End, all of which happened. Um, but they didn't want me, the producer, the guy with the money didn't want me to be a part of it. And the writer and the creator were like, no, 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 but she's been with us from the beginning and we think she's hilarious. And he was like, yeah, yeah, but I think this other person's better. And I, was shattered and I was like well what am I doing in this industry when 
you know, one person, one person's opinion, even when you have all of these other people on your side and you are part of the reason that the show, you know, that this particular show became successful, you know, was due in part to me being in the cast, like any casts are. Um, you know, but I just focused on that one person rejecting me and I gave up acting and I said, I don't want to do this anymore and I'm done. And what am I doing? I'm living at that point. I was living in Melbourne and going, well, I'm, you know, halfway across the country from my family. You know, I'm not good enough for this role. And, and I didn't look at what I did have around me, which in, in retrospect was good because this was the path that led me to, to me talking to you sitting here right now. But, at the time, I didn't look at any of the other amazing things. Like I was in a touring Shakespeare show at the time. I, you know, had lots of incredible friends. What I just focused on all the 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 crap, and that sent me into a spiral. And I moved back home to Perth. I ended up living, you know, being living back at my parents' house. Going, what am I doing? I've been to, you know, I've been to the equivalent of college and the equivalent of grad school, and I've, you know, moved across the country. And now I'm back living in my bedroom that I grew up in since I was 10 years old, you know, what, 60 years old, what's going on with life? And, you know, little by little I met, you know, I still didn't, you know, I did a little bit of acting here and there but never as a career just because, you know, fun and friends and, you know, then met my husband and moved to Washington, D.C. and, you know, and, and then acting caught up with me and people and then I did a, you know, I did a theatre company, like a, you know, not amateur theatre, it was a professional theatre company, but not a SAG company at the time, did a show with them and, and people were like, why, why aren't you acting? Why aren't you doing this as a career? And, and an old voice demo that I'd done, my husband heard it and he was like, what are you, what's wrong with you? You need to go and do this. And I was like, oh, but it hurt so bad. The rejection was just, you know, I, I, I crashed. I can't do it anymore. And, you know, through his support and him going, look, you've you got to try. you got to try. And then, yeah, I mean, we could talk for hours about the past, you know, 10 years of living in America, but that's kind of what happened. And, you know, had I not then taken the chance again and had I only looked at the no's and not listened to all the yeses, I don't know where I would be now or what I'd be doing, you know, and I'm sure I would be happy enough but there's no way I'd be as happy as I am now so yeah sometimes it's even even though the nose can be devastating you really you really have to give everything you can to kind of focus on oh but who is saying yes and and who has been saying yes and maybe they're the people I should be listening to and not this one producer who said no, who really, you know, again, in retrospect, heavily grateful for because by derailing my life, I kind of got put on another track that ended up being, you know, the best, you know, or whether it's the best thing or not, who knows, but I'm definitely pretty damn happy at the moment. So, so yeah, so it's, I, I think it's a good life lesson to learn that even though the nose can be devastating, sometimes just putting yourself out there with, you know, with love and humility and it's getting very deep, love and humility and just, you know, just, just, uh, an open mind to embrace whatever's in front of you. Yeah. It can lead to some pretty incredible outcomes. So 
It's, uh, I think I've, I feel like I've ended every single sentence I've said on this podcast with so. And so I'm going to do it again. So <laughs> there you go. That's no, sorry, um, in Australia. <laughs> no, because every, every time I re-listen to a show, I, I – I, I listen to myself talk and I'm like, oh, I say you know a lot, <laughs> don't oh, I? Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Yes, you know, there's those little tricks, you know. Tri- you know. Yeah. Stop listening. Listen to all the great things you said. Don't focus on the you know is the trick of this whole thing. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, talking about rejection, you know, when I got rejected by like a big name voice actor that I tried so hard to get on the show and, and I was, you know, I, I tried for a year to get them on and then they finally, you know, I got a response saying, you know, no, that they're too busy. It it sucked. It really did. But then I, I you know, something in my brain, brain said, wait a minute, I just got rejected by so-and-so. They gave enough of a shit about me to reject oh, me. Oh, to reject you. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't just not reply. They replied. They had time to reply. They might have said no, but they still gave you time to reply. And, and yeah, that's, oh, that's great. I love it. Yeah. So even in that rejection, there was a moment where someone took, took the, uh, took the, took the time and respect to go, oh, this person deserves a response, at least from me, rather than junk mail, junk mail, junk mail. So. That's very cool. No, I mean, and 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 that's and that's great because you know it it you know I could easily just focus on that. I could have just like been bummed out, but I'm like, you know what? I'll I'll keep trying. I'll you know throw 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 whatever to throw whatever at the wall and see what sticks. And you know, this year alone, looking back at the guest list again, it's just like, how did I do this? How did yeah. I get all these people on this show for this year? Oh, I so love it. And, and again, to kind of bookend at the beginning of the podcast, it was like, you started out with you and your friend just talking crap, like about nothing. It's like, we're going to do this podcast and it's going to be us and we're going to be talking. Who would have known that many years ago that this is where you'd be at now? Yeah. And you, you look back and you think, oh, that's what I thought this was going to be. And then it turns into something else. And, and that's, you know, I think. Generally in life, that's kind of the special thing. If, if, if you are able to recognize the good things as they're handed to you, um, I think there's a book called The Actor's Way where, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of new agey stuff in it and people really love it. And, you know, one of the things that resonated with me though is that sometimes a door opens in front of us, but it's not the door that we expected. So we turn our backs on it and walk away. I'm obviously paraphrasing a ton, but you know, the door is open for a reason and sometimes we need to explore it to to definitively say, no, that door's not for me or, wow, if I hadn't have walked through that, who knows where my life would have led otherwise. So, And who knows, you know, in eight years' time we could be having this conversation again and who knows who you are. You could be, uh, I don't know if you have you know, what, what your, what your bigger picture is, but you could be directing some big Hollywood movie and going, how the hell did I know eight years ago, you know, sitting in my room in the, on the other side of the world that I would be eight years now, you know, sitting here because of connections and people and think, you know, things that I've, uh, made along the way. It's all, it's all building blocks to, to who knows what. And that's kind of another exciting thing in life that if you choose to be excited by that, 
you know, it can be really powerful. Yeah. Is that what you want to do? Do you want to be a Hollywood director? I don't know. Now, tell me about you. What's uh, happening in no, your life? Where I turn the interview around on you, Abdullah. Tell me now. It's, it's, it's the Matthew Waterson interview all over again where we just went on way too long and we had to talk about something else. Such a great Change conversation. Do it, do it. No, no, I, um, I, I, I mean – I, you know, my passion is writing, you know, but, right. but, you know, like I'm, I'm someone who, you know, suffers from you know, depression and anxiety and, and this year has been, um, unfortunately very stressful and I couldn't, you know, I wanted to get something off the ground, but, you know, I, I just couldn't. So it was, and I, and I, and I was faced like with two choices either, you know, either focus on like writing or the podcast, because trying to juggle both is just a nightmare and it's just gonna, right. it's just gonna add more stress and and I said you know but 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 I keep but I said to myself you need to keep busy you can't just right. sit around and do nothing even if it's the podcast even if it's like whatever even if you're talking to someone for like 30 or whatever minutes keep doing something keep doing yeah. something keep pushing forward and it might not be the best interview it might be the worst interview but you know you're gonna but you did something yeah, you 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 did something, and and I'm kind of cursed when it comes to to writing projects because every time I try to get a try to get a web comic off the ground, it just never it just never it, it either fails to find an audience or and it just ends up dying or it just goes nowhere, you know. I yeah, and and then sometimes it, like I think it is though that it's like sometimes you just need to take a step back and take care of yourself and know what's important and know that if you keep pushing that web comic it's just gonna make you spiral further like so that you need to do you need to do something you need to achieve you need to continue to create but maybe you need to step to the side because you know sometimes when you're when your heart and soul is so wrapped up in something it can it can like it can strangle rather than than release, and so it's that knowing when to take care of yourself so that you can build, you know, you can build your joy somewhere else, so that then you have the energy to turn back to the thing you love, to give it the legs to walk, because otherwise you'll just yeah, otherwise you'll just um, suffocate it. Yeah, because and and I, and I have like worked myself, you know, stressed. You know, I cannot tell you how many nights or, or days I just spent looking at, at that blank Word document mm. waiting for something to come out. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. I get it. And it's, like it's every every writer's nightmare. You just stare at that blank Word document hoping that you'll, you'll write something that <laughs> never to. If I sit here long enough, <laughs> it will come, you know. Yeah, but again, that's, you know, that's that's. Oftentimes, if you're not on a, on a, on someone else's deadline, because then that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, oftentimes that's, that's the moment that you have to walk away because, because sometimes when things become so important and so all encompassing, we sabotage ourselves and, you know, and, and subsequently, you know, we destroy the thing that we love so much with our own, you know, we we see our inability to act as as a failing rather than just an event that is happening. It's just an event, and 
if like no judgment, I'm unable to do this today, I'm going to walk away and I'm going to try again tomorrow. But if it's, I'm unable to do this today, what's wrong with me? What's happening in my life? What am I going to do? This is a piece of paper. It's like white, shining, strobing in front of me. You know, that that's just going to, you know, and easier said than done, of course. But, you know, sometimes that, 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 uh, yeah, looking, looking after yourself can be far more important than, uh, than getting the thing done that you think needs to be done. And in the process, you know, maybe, and I don't, I, I, I mean, it would be great if it's me. I think it's not going to be me, but maybe the next person <laughs> you interview <laughs> who might also happen to be a writer says to you, hey, did you ever think about blah, 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 or blah, 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 and you're like, holy crap, if I didn't do this podcast, I would never have spoken to that person who would never have been able to give me that nugget of information that opened up you know, that reopened the world of the blank page and made me able to write again. So, yeah, sometimes sometimes building your creativity away from where you think it's meant to go helps to, you know, inform, informs informs back on the journey that you were on in the first place. So, and even with the podcast, like, you know, as much as I love most of the people on here, I'm not stupid. I know that I'm mostly known for one episode, and that's the Christina Puccelli episode. And that episode, like, it's scary looking back at that episode because it's easily the best episode I've done, but it's also, like, one of those, you know, this is the new standard. Can you surpass that standard? Well, is it, though? Again, who said that? You said that. So, you know, you're the only one that's putting that, on yourself like I don't think anyone else is going to be like well and you know to the point and please don't take this in I didn't I know that this was not in any way where what you meant or where you were going but like why would I want to come on the show if I thought everyone's going to compare me to the Christina Pacelli episode and so I'm going to be crap you know what I mean it's like it's no one no one's thinking that but you everyone's just going oh this guy does great interviews I can't wait for the next one and then you know maybe there's one or two trolley you know pigs around who are going to go oh he never was able to do anything as good as that one sure but who cares everyone else is just the Chris, you know that that episode was meant to bring a whole new world of people to you to then enjoy your back backlog of stuff and and the, and what you're what you're putting out moving forward you know so and, and plus yeah. it's it's hilarious i i'd imagine someone like listening to that and then going oh i'll listen to some of the older episodes and then... <laughs> yeah you know and, and they and maybe they do and what you know because i mean i've done that with i mean i listen to oh i was gonna say i, I listened to a, a podcast of a very famous uh animator shall we say show creator writer um and I've listened to episodes where I've pissed myself the whole time, beginning to end, laughing, uh, not literally, laughing, beginning to end the whole time, amazing, hilarious. And it's like, it's a really long podcast. And then I've listened to two or three episodes in a row where I'm like, ah, oh, what am I listening to? I can't, I wasted an hour, an hour of my drive listening to drivel, but I still listen to it and I'm still going to keep listening to it because it's like it, the drivel, even the drivel I say now in order to explain this point is still quality. 
it's still fun. It just maybe wasn't as funny as that one, but I don't, you know, you don't, you don't disrupt the work from that. And I think as artists and creators, like if everyone stepped back after that one failed movie or that one failed video game or that one failed whatever or musical theatre show that they did all the way back there, you know, they'd never have the opportunity to see what they can, they can create and bring into the world. And I, and I do think that, you know, listeners and, and, and content consumers totally understand that too, because at the end of the day, 99% or 95% of the people listening don't even have the balls to do the podcast in the first place. So who are they to say that was a crap episode? You know what I mean? It's like, even I, I end up re-listening to some of the old episodes I've done. And, and I, and, and I, I wonder like, you know, I, cause I, I mean, of course you're going to judge, of course you're going to judge. You know, every yeah. time you look back at, at your old work, you're going to judge yourself going, ah, oh, I should have said this. I should have said that. But yeah, you know, but it is, it is, you know, it is fun. I love doing this. I mean, yeah, sure. I'm biased. Of course, there are guests I preferred over others. Everyone is. Yeah, yeah, of course. But that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it is. And, you know, and then a guest will come along that it was like, oh, I didn't really think about that. And everyone goes, oh, my God, that was like we were saying about the Transformers. Oh, we just recorded this show and it was really fun. And next thing you know, it's it's the biggest thing on earth. You just never know what's going to be the thing that, that, you know, gets you out there, takes you over the edge, inspires you. And maybe it's not about any of that. Maybe it is, like I was saying, maybe it's about that one person that you interview who suddenly unlocks the key to everything else you've been pursuing. And suddenly you go, oh, that wasn't about any of that at all. It was about this other thing or something else entirely i don't know maybe you're meant to go out and you know create a garden of bonsai trees or something you know what i mean it could be something freaking so off track we you just you just never know and so that's why you just got to embrace the opportunity while it's in front of you and and uh and who knows where it would lead and i think that's that was the biggest thing i learned kind of in my journey as an actor was you know in terms of on paper everything was right in Australia. On paper, everything was right. I went to the right schools. I had the right people behind me. I did all the right training. I had, you know, I had a background in all different, you know, genres of, of you know, creative performance art. And it just didn't work. It wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right place. Who knows why or what or whatever. And I could have just left it there. But you know, just through time and space and having the right supportive people around me, against all of my better judgment, I decided to make that leap again. And it could have bombed miserably and who knows and, you know, but luckily it didn't. And and now I can sit here and talk to you about all of this and, and acting and life and psychology and emotional reactions to things. And, you know, I mean, you get, you get to meet and have conversations with in, incredible people and, and yeah, it just feels so, 
you know, I just feel so blessed in my life that, that things have, have come to where they are for, for, for what could have been a disaster and could have been, you know, me living at my parents' house for the rest of my life. And maybe that wouldn't have been so bad. Who knows? Maybe I would have made something of that. I, I don't know. But I'm pretty, again, damn happy to be in LA and working as a voice actor and having, you know, incredible voice actor friends and, and, and friends who aren't actors and, you know, live near the beach and get to, you know, have an incredible, you know, get to have food on the table and breathe clean air and, you know, walk in shoes and, you know, who am I to, to diss my life? So yeah, it's been pretty great. Yeah, I mean, and, and plus, you know, being in the voiceover industry, you can talk about stuff that no no other sane person would talk about, like, you know, coming up with characters, actors. True. You know, all that, all That's that. right. And as I said, you know, a character that I just thought, you know, that my husband rolled his eyes at for 10 years suddenly made us money. And it's like, ha-ha, all that stupid shit that I do around the house makes us money now. That's what we want in life. No, so and, and plus, like, you keep know, with... doing the stupid shit, I say. <laughs> no, because I, I mean, I'm and I'm also kind of the weird, like that type of person who, when I'm not doing anything like you know productive, I'll, I'll look look at you know some weird shit on the internet, and and you you'd be amazed at how many stuff that, that that's that's on the internet that that just oh god yeah that, that's so weird. Like one of my favorite things, and and I'm gonna mention this now because this topic will never come again, and you know you're Australian and you're Australian, and this is like the perfect opportunity to mention this, but um, love it. And I'm gonna ruin the Flintstones for everybody right now, so let's just let's just get that out the oh, way no. right now. No, because um, I had just found out like a couple uh, a day, you know, uh, I think uh, this year I found out that um, Australia used to do um, camp you know, commercials with uh, with sound alike Australian voice actors of um, popular American characters. Right, and there's mm-hmm. this, and there's this commercial for Amber Tiles with someone doing a Fred Flint, with an Australian guy doing a Fred Flintstone <laughs> impersonation, and it's the funniest shit. Like terrible. I'm looking. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look this up the minute we get off this call. <laughs> Amber Tiles will do it. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Sorry, sorry, the rest of the world, and yet. Australians generally can do some of the best American accents versus Americans doing Australian accents, but every now and then people get it so badly wrong. <laughs> so badly wrong. I'm fascinated. I think you have to, you have to post a link to the, uh, to the commercial in your, uh, in your show notes now because I want I have to see it. I have to see it. And now I want to know who it is as well. Who did it? No, I mean he's a famous voice actor who does uh, who who's, who uh, I found out does all the stand-ins. Like they they usually can't get um, because you know it's commercials they can't get uh, you know the, a famous voice actor. So like they, they sure. use the sound alike. So don't remember his but name, but, but he's done work in the UK. So in, in the UK and Australia. So oh <laughs> yes, sorry, I'm looking him up <laughs> as you're talking. No, he did like. Bullwinkle J. Moose yeah, in yeah, the movie yeah. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Keith Scott. Oh, I actually think I've met Keith Scott. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> oh, he's really amazing. And he works a ton in America. Yeah, maybe just every now and then. Yeah, I mean, now, if it is that bad, imagine if Keith Scott lived his career. Oh, <laughs> really crappy. 
he's probably at some point hear this and be like, what are you talking about? That was amazing. But yeah, he's done a ton of American work. That's really funny. I have to look it up. No, because uh, I mean, I found out about because they do like the voice compare on behind the voice actors, and I don't know who thought it'd be funny to to put his comparison into Fred Put it out. <laughs> and it's hilarious uh, when you listen oh, to I it. Oh, I can't from... wait! I can't wait. That's great. Oh, that and that's a whole other world of voice acting as well. It's kind of the you know, the dubbing world or the doing, I did, I did, I used to actually, when I didn't even really know that voice acting was a thing and I suddenly went, hang on a sec, this would be fun. But then, you know, I had my, uh, like a, had my, shall we say politely breakdown in Australia <laughs> was, um, I, I was doing dubbing voices for, uh, for stage shows for like, you know, where they get like Thomas the Tank Engine or, you know, there was a big famous British show called Little Robots and then they do the stage version of the show and with on whether it be on ice skates or just dancing characters and people and yeah, I used to do some of the voice matches of of those characters for the live stage shows. And, you know, it's it's tough, but you know, they're not gonna pay the original the original actors all that money to do to do the stage show voices and so they get people in to do that but I was kind of like what what even is this thing that we're doing and we get to do this and this is super fun so yeah that's awesome oh and another one now that you mentioned those um there's this infamous like live action uh sonic show that 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 um that existed I think it was sonic in Sydney or something like that and and they had like Australian actors doing live performances. Oh, the of... stage show, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the now defunct, I'm so sorry, I'm being, I'm being, uh, I'm doing doing that thing where I'm looking things up as you're telling me. It was Sega World Sydney now defunct? And I'm guessing maybe the Sonic live show voice acting <laughs> maybe played a part no, in that. No, no, it's, it's totally cre- not. It's creepy when you find like pictures of the of the mascots and and the puppets. It's just oh my goodness. You went you that sounds like you went into a serious rabbit hole of the internet looking up no, voice messages. I, no, I mean because I'm into weird shit like that. I don't know why. I love that. I love that. That's so that's so funny. Because because I, mean, I did go. I, I mean, yeah. most of my like those who know me like know that I'm you know most of my sense of humor comes from like Adult Swim and I'm a huge Adult Swim fan and that's kind of uh, like, my humor like really surrealist absurdist humor I think that's really yeah. oh I love that I love that yeah I mean well done internet there's a lot of there's a lot of terrible things that came out of it but there's a lot of joy that can be had from the beyond cat videos I think there's a there's a world of as you say weird shit down there that if you uh, if you can find it and unlock it hours of entertainment well because it, it makes me because you know when I watch that commercial I'm like you know they should have just done like a, an all Australian version of the Flintstones just had like redub it with an, an Australian accent Australian that, voice yeah, that, that is I, I will say occasionally people say to me you know that thing of oh so did you did you do that thing in in Australian and it's like well, it was a pretty iconic American character. That would be kind of dumb if I auditioned as an Australian. You know what I mean? Like that thing of, oh, do you just audition everything in Australian accent? It's like, mm, 
no, you do have to kind of be okay at doing these other accents in order to get the job in the first place because these guys can be pretty picky. But the 80s was a whole other world of uh, of entertainment. I think there's a couple of – I think there's a Pat Fraley who's quite a, a well-renowned um, – Krang from TMNT for those. Yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed. And he says, like, I think if you listen to uh, some of his interviews and stuff, that he he actually started his acting career in Australia, but I think mainly, was it in commercials and stuff or mainly on stage or I don't know, but basically his, his thing was because he was the – you know, the young, handsome American, what well, I put in handsome, I don't know, I'm assuming, uh, American actor in town and there was like, there were all Australians and it's like, well, if we can have an American doing the American accent, how, you know, you don't get much better than that. So he like got a ton of work being the, you know, the token American in all the shows, which I just think is back in, the, I think, that, you know, so that must have been like early 80s. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I that's, a, that's the weird thing about the entertainment world. Nobody plays their actual nationality. Everyone's, like, pretending to be something else. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But but I will say the one thing I did learn is you, you can shine so much as your authentic self that I have found in voiceover you need to be – maybe you don't even need to, but for me – it was extremely beneficial to be able to do everything else. But it just felt inauthentic to walk into the room pretending to be American or pretending to be British. I just, that was not, even though I could if I wanted to in terms of accent and all, it just, it wasn't, I wasn't bringing me into the room when I was being American or British when I met people. And so I always found for any auditions that I did that was in person, I would always do it. Like I, I, I would present as a, like if I was doing meet the casting director or classes like that, I would present as Australian because I was like, this is me, you know, and, and I can do no better than show me as everything I am. And then if you ask me or if I get the chance to do a second piece, I will then present as American or British or whatever is appropriate for the situation. Now, if I'm auditioning on an MP3, that's completely different. But at the same time, it just, it just, it always to me felt inauthentic to, as an, as an actor to walk into the room and meet someone as anyone other than I'm Larissa Gallagher, I'm Australian. Um, and that, I think that, at f like, because when I first started, I was like, I have to be American because how am I going to compete? And I realized pretty quickly is like, why, why do I want to compete with these hundreds of thousands of other American actors? Why don't I establish myself as Australian, build my reputation, and then when people know me and trust me and, and and love me then they're going to start being open to me doing other stuff and because I was able and capable that came really quickly and you know and having incredible you know agents behind me right from the start and 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 now with Atlas you know you use them as your champions moving forward but 
who then say, oh, yeah, she's Australian, but, or she's Australian and, um, yeah, that just, I think that for me was the key that unlocked everything because it was just too hard to pretend to be someone else. And, and I wasn't, you know, I can, I can act as a British character and as a, as an American character and as an Irish character and whatever, but it, it's not who I am. And so, you know, yeah, it just, it just always felt better to, to be authentic and sometimes it can hit the mark miss the mark sorry but but uh but yeah but but luckily most of the time it 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 hit straight and I can't even remember why I started saying that in the first place something to do with terrible Fred Flintstone American accent but maybe that was it maybe it was like it's it's better it was better in those meet the casting director classes for me to go in and for the for the people to discover that I could do an American accent or a British accent than me to pretend and fail and then be be remembered as that person who, you know, is bad at his American accent or who screwed up in the in the auditioning room rather than going in and going, this is me and this is what I can do. And when they see what I can do, they go, oh, wow. Oh, actually, yeah, you can do that. That's great. Rather than pretending from the offset and then having – like, oh, kind of a little bit like today, I suppose, is that thing of going, oh, you're not British? I was like, no. But that's great that you thought I was because I never pretended otherwise. But, you know, if then it feels good to go, oh, yeah, I didn't pretend. I was here all along. You just didn't happen to know that. And that's that's kind of fun well, as well. It's, it, most people would rather hear, you know, oh, I thought you were British then. Oh, I thought you were American. <laughs> yeah, well. Depends who you ask, but yeah. You no, know, I mean, like when you when you talk to like you know Canadian actors, like, oh, I thought you were uh, American. Right, right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 yeah, it's it's great. And again, just going back to that really, you know, supportive community over here, as it just becomes that big. Oh, you can do that. Awesome. Let me refer you over here, or or me going like today. I had to. You know, I don't get a lot of American commercial work because, again, it's just not—it's not authentically me when I'm when I'm doing commercial copy as opposed to putting on a character or something like that. But I do get, you know, I do get some, which is great. Um, but but what I cannot do, and I sorry, what I'm having difficulty doing at the moment, and I'm working hard to be able to do it better, is I I can't speak fast so if it's a if it's a commercial and it's a tagline and it's a five second tagline it's got a ton of words in it I just know that I am not competent enough at this stage in my career to do that in an American accent at that speed and there are thousands or maybe not thousands but there are a lot of people out there who are far more competent and have the ability to do that so I'm not going to waste the producer's time with listening to my terrible audition at trying to do something I know I'm not good at yet um and so I'll pass on it but you know maybe in five years time I will be good and then I will put myself forward to do it but until I'm confident that I'm I'm good at doing that I'm 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 not gonna because I know there are people who are better at me than at doing it and so it you know that should that should be for them to do and I shouldn't waste people's time 
at going, I can do everything because I know I can't, you know, I can do what I can do and I can do it well, but until I can do that other thing, I'm not going to put myself out there to do it. There will come a time when I'll think I'm not quite good enough and I really am, but until that time happens, (laughs) it's not me doing legal copy at the end of car commercials, that's for sure. So... And that's the and that's the end goal. You know, everyone talks yeah. about you know I want to do this, I want to do that, but how many people want to do like the? To me, like you've never really made it until you said side effects might might include erectile dysfunction. Yeah, well that's right. And there are some people who are like amazing at that. And go be be erectile dysfunction five second person because you are going to make. A bootload of money, and if you're good at it and you love it, that's awesome, you know. Um, but that, yeah, that ain't me. Now, if you give me a medical, if you give me a medical corporate video on erectile dysfunction, oh, I'm all over that. <laughs> if we shall pardon the pun, but um, but yeah, yeah, it's just you know, know what know what you're good at and put your foot put put yourself forward at where your talents lie. And have everything else in the background ready to go. So if someone says, can you do this? You can go, yes, I can. Or no, I can't. But I know someone who can. And here, he, she, they are for you. So that's good. Yeah. Well, awesome. I mean, we're, we're at that time. I think we've, uh, we've wasted enough of your time, listeners. Oh, <laughs> Better not have wasted it. You better have loved every damn minute of it. <laughs> Notice how I trailed off. I didn't commit to the end. That was a terrible acting choice. Don't do that. Commit, no. commit. No, um, any, um, as always, um, any social media stuff you want to plug in before we get out of here? Yeah, look, I mean, please, if, you know, if, if you're interested, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I am on Facebook, but I'm really, uh, Facebook is a little bit, top, I, I, I like, lurking and stalking on Facebook, but it's not for me, but at Larissa La on Twitter and on Instagram, I feel like my Instagram's got a little bit more guts to it. So if you're, if you're into looking at photos and silly crap, then that's probably the place to go. Uh, and I, I did a small, short foray into TikTok a little while ago, which I think is Larissa La VO, um, which I want to rebuild because I've got an awesome idea of, of what I want to do but I haven't quite explored that yet so we can scrap that last bit if you're not interested but meanwhile Instagram and uh, Twitter would be awesome and uh, please listen out I do have a couple of really fun things that I wish I could talk about coming up soon but maybe they'll release and they'll be crap who knows or maybe they'll be amazing and you won't be able to get away from my voice only time will tell you so much for taking the time off to do this and this was pretty you know we kind of trailed off but <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i look i had an awesome time and i i love talking about all aspects of voiceover and and psychology and why people do what they do so if i've had fun then i hope some of you guys have as well so thank you very much for inviting me on it's really it's and, and, truly and as always if you ever right. want to if you ever want to come back on yeah, you know you know where to find me. <laughs> I would love to. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Bye.